0: Good morning. Welcome to the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. Today's date is May 3rd, 2020. The title of this morning's sermon is called God is Sovereign. I'll be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 19, and I'll be reading out the NIV. Again, that's 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 19. It goes as follows. It is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and enduring it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Will you bow your heads with me, please, dear heavenly Father? Once again, the word has been read. And once again, Father, we depend on you to be the real teacher here through your Holy Spirit. But I will confess the sovereignty of God is much easier to preach than to actually live out. So Father, my desire, my prayer this morning, is that we would learn who you really are and who uh, not only who you want to be in our lives but father we would follow you as our sovereign god may it be so this morning in Jesus name amen the niv starts out with it is commendable i was thinking this is a pretty good place to start but he says this it is commendable if you are commendable if, with that uh, thought in mind, what is commendable in God's eyes? And what's up with the if? And what is it that really pleases our Father in heaven if? I can relate a little in this area because I can relate it to our marriage. Kathy and I have been married 35 short years from my perspective. Kathy might call them long years and she might even be measuring these years in dog years. I'm afraid to ask. For me, however, these are 35 short years in these recent years, I have been trying to find out what really matters to her and making that my priority. In my mind, everything else doesn't matter. It hits on the category of a waste of time and energy. For example, having the garbage can emptied matters to her. I know this because if it is full and I do not take it out, she will do it herself, knowing that I make sure it's never running over. That's one illustration. But let me get to the bottom line. If it matters to Kathy, it matters to me. Allow me to move this to spiritual things. Shouldn't we have the same attitude towards the things of God? If it pleases God, shouldn't we want to do that? What is commendable to God? Well, I took the liberty to uh, share with you some other versions. The New Living Translation, God is pleased with you, King James. For this is thankworthy, the message. What really counts is... American Standard Version, for this is acceptable. New American Standard Version Bible says, for this finds favor. And the Young's Literal Translation, I only use this because it is, it is different. It says, for this is gracious. I can handle the NIV version, commendable. Finding out what God commends in doing it. That is our goal. So what pleases God? Now we have entered the other part of this phrase. We entered the if part. You are commended if. Some of the translations use when. You are commended when. Peter says, one thing that pleases God is bearing up under the pain of unjust suffering because uh, we might be conscious of God. This is a tough pill to swallow in this day and age where we are supposedly have many rights, but Peter sets Christ as our example and model. But still in our Western world, our Western mindset, it's hard It's hard to swallow. That brings out a truth that I believe Peter is trying to make. It's more assumed than actually stated, and that is to allow God, the creator of the world, to be sovereign. A sovereign God is easier to preach than to act out, I'm afraid. What does it mean to be a sovereign God like we preach? and supposed to believe a sovereign God looks at uh, a sovereign God looks like a supreme authority over all creation supreme do you believe in a supreme God who is sovereign I can almost hear you audibly affirm that you believe just that now let me go a little bit further and ask does your actions affirm the sovereignty of God in your life? To be sovereign would mean there'd be no limits to his rule. He is over the world and everything that happens in this world. He is never helpless. He is never frustrated. And he is never at a loss. To Live that belief out in a real world. One would have to acknowledge that God has your current situation under control. If you are experiencing a difficult time, a death of a loved one, or being treated unjustly, uh, <laughs> a couple weeks back, uh, back I uh, talked about how God wants to be sovereign and care for your needs. But today's text speaks of trusting in a sovereign God taking care of our situation when we are treated unfairly or unjustly, even if we must wait on Him. That is when it gets so hard to do. What is glaring to me this time in history is the apparent bias of political agendas in the network news industry years of honorable service destroyed because of hidden political agendas christ followers if if that is you being misjudged or falsely accused how do you respond in light of god's word today on one hand if you are being punished because you deserve it then i believe peter is saying good enough for you that's just punishment However, if you were, if you have done nothing wrong and yet are falsely accused, is God sovereign in your case? Do your actions reflect that belief? Peter has seen it firsthand with the treatment of Jesus, and he still says he is our example. He saw firsthand Christ suffering on the cross. He quotes Isaiah when he said in verse 22, he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Following our text, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Peter witnessed firsthand Jesus' example. But he goes instead to say, say he entrusted himself to him who judges justly, to God, his Heavenly Father. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Jesus knew God had everything under control. He himself bore our sins and his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Why would he do that? It was because Jesus believed that his heavenly Father was sovereign. He trusted that God had all things under control. And he didn't have to concern himself with any of the treatment, any of these treatments he endured. God knows. God sees. His God is sovereign. Peter uses Jesus as the example, but the first thing that came to my mind was, did Peter have trouble pinning these words that we read this morning? There was a time when Peter picked up the sword, if you remember, and took matters into his own hands. There was a time when he would lie to a servant girl because he was afraid of what might happen to him. There was a time when he would huddle together with the others out of fear and worry about tomorrow. That all changed when Peter figured out that God really was sovereign. He really did know what he was doing. You remember the time when he was supposed to be killed by Herod? Herod was trying to instill fear and trembling and had Peter arrested. It was such a big production that he would make that to make sure that he wouldn't escape. There was four sets of four guards and Peter was chained between two of them. Peter was not going to escape. The church was praying, when, and Peter was sleeping. How could he sleep on the eve of his death? Because he knew his God was sovereign. Is your God sovereign? We are in a worldwide pandemic with the coronavirus. The state of Washington is currently in lockdown in order to stay safe by staying in. Some of you are out of work, maybe out of food. I know there is uncertainty about the future. But is God sovereign or not? Head, head knowledge says yes. But what about your actions? Does your action state that you believe God is sovereign? The biggest test is what you do when you are falsely mistreated or falsely accused. How many lives destroyed by he said or she said statements that you or I will never really know the truth. If that is you this morning, is God sovereign or not? Or will you take matters into your own hands? Jesus is our example. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, (laughs) when he suffered by their hands, he didn't retaliate or make threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. I often wondered how tempted Jesus was, or might have been, to take matters into his own hands. <laughs> I think of Judas, one of those closest to him, who would betray him with a kiss. How tempting must have it have been, or would have it have been, for Jesus to call out, you infidels, how dare you approach me like this? And Have the power to cause the earth to swallow them up, but not do it. Or when he was being mocked and and put on display by the cursed Roman army who were spitting on him and and they placed a crown of thorns on his head out of mockery and smashing it down with sticks. teasingly stating, Hail! King of the Jews. How tempting would it have been if Jesus caused them to choke and to bow down before him out of fear and trembling or on the cross when they were showering insults on him. He saved others. Why can't he save himself? If you were really God, save yourself. How tempting to not show what he was really capable of. To call out to them, you're all Philistines. And to not prove to everyone once and for all that he is who he said he was and and to become a radiant white cloud that would lift himself off the cross and while everybody was watching, his wounds would heal up. But no, No, to all of that, Jesus trusted that his heavenly father, that God was sovereign. He had everything under control. It was this complete trust in his heavenly father that qualified this Jesus to be the shepherd and overseer of our souls. But that's another sermon. What empowered Peter to trust in a sovereign God is what will empower us as well. This empowerment does not come from anything we might be able to to muster up from ourselves. It can only come from the Father above. This it I'm talking about has a name. It is called the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It. It. Has been my experience that this, it, the Holy Spirit, is empowered through our acknowledgement of our weakness to do anything on our own. We need help. This is a twofold plea it's recognizing that God is sovereign, and two, it's recognizing that allowing God to be that God, we need help. We need His help. It is not anything we can mumble or, or try to uh, work up, but just a simple heartfelt awareness of our inability to reach in Christ-likeness without God's intervention. So do you really believe God is sovereign in all areas of your life? One. And two, does your life show it? If you were like me this morning or today, it's easier to say God is sovereign than to actually live out. But that's exactly what would please God right now. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, right now, right here, I confess that this is much easier to preach than to act out. But Father, I just ask in the quietness of where we are listening to this sermon, we would be able to be honest, sincere, out of the the belly of our hearts, Cry out to this, uh, to you as our sovereign God. Lord, where we have inability to uh, trust you to meet our daily needs, Father, would you so work the miracles in our lives? Will you be our God, our sovereign God in this area? But Lord, our sermon is uh, more clearly directed towards when we are being falsely judged or mistreated. And we, uh, in order to honor you as our sovereign God, we wait for you to act. Lord, this is where it's more difficult. And Lord, like Peter, we need the infilling of your Holy Spirit so, Father, in our weakness, make us strong. Be our God this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, I come to you to encourage you to uh, be in contact with one another. Be christ your fellow man we have no idea when we can actually uh, meet together as a congregation again Uh, be assured that your church board and I are working together with a plan to where we can safely uh, worship together but in the meantime call each other be writing loads of encouragement. FaceTime, text with one another. Because this is our chance to shine for Christ. God bless you. And until we meet again, bye.